Hello everybody and welcome to No Time to Grind, it's the podcast for the busy gamer. You've caught us in a little cheeky extrasode. These take place between our big monthly episodes. This month we're playing Brutal Legend. So you can play a log and we'll be reviewing that sort of end of this month, start of the next. As always, I'm joined by Matt. Hello. And Adrian. Hello! He's already in the Brutal Legend vibe. Yeah, brother! <laughs> That's a bit more a surfer dude than, but there's a crossover. It's kind of similar. Um, I do notice that at times that some some metal. So there's like there's metal like nerds. There's like kind of metal like surfer, like that California metal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a real smorgasbord, and there's actually like there's a lot of good m- music in. Uh, I think Brutal legend. I think the thing that groups them together is the use of reefer. That's probably what uh, <laughs> ties them together. Yeah, and I guess like the the devil may care attitude, fighting against the system. Yeah, it's a lot See, of similarities. The, the brutal legend rock is not the rock I assumed people were afraid of. I assumed people were afraid of like I don't like Cannibal I don't corpse. know like real yeah like real stuff not. And I guess that because it was all about like, oh, no, rock is Satan. Uh, But they really do. It really does like feel that way. Uh, The only other thing close that I have that I've listened to enough of is Ghost. Yeah. And Ghost was inspired by that like cult satanic theme. I would say that really dark metal doesn't appear until the 90s. It was. I think it was always very theatrical, dark for its that late sixties into the seventies and eighties. It was like they all knew that it was like that they were playing up the Satanism and, and yeah. like yeah hardcore. But then in the nineties, it started getting like dark metal. Where you're like, oh, are they yeah. are they okay? Are they do they need? Do they need <laughs> are they going to be all right? Let's go even hug? further. <laughs> And that's where, like, Ghost is standing on the shoulders of giants, as it were. But those giants... <coughs> Sorry. He's so passionate. Getting his metal voice on. <laughs> uh, those giants, I feel, kind of had more fun with old metal. And I think that's what Brutal Legend is going for. That metal was, like, fun and a little bit silly. Like, everyone knew it was a little bit silly. Yeah, yeah. No one was actually, like, everyone was like, oh, isn't it funny that we we hail Satan <laughs> Yeah, it's it's Ooh, all very D and D. It's like we're just having a good time, kind of thing. That's actually a good way to put it. It does feel like it. It really amps up the fantastical nature of it all. It's supposed to be like epic, you know, like they're ballads and tales of like vanquishing the devil and riding through hell and that kind of thing. Well, I. It, it's funny because I started playing this and I've just watched for the first time. The Evil Dead. Uh, coincidentally, not because of the game, <laughs> but... Um, oh, yeah, that just dropped, did it? Yeah, and apparently it's quite good. But, um, yeah, I was, like, in that mood, and I was, like... It, it, it was a good linear progression from the three to go from Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then this. It quite... It fit quite well, I think. Meanwhile... This month, I went the complete opposite way while playing Brutal Legend, and I've been playing the very colourful Mario Strikers. 
uh, we because you brought it over. We hung out, and I gotta say, I'm insulted by this game. You're insulted. <laughs> insulted. Is yeah. Wrong? But you you tell your story, and then I I can add in my two cents. Well, I was going to say that although on the surface this game appears colourful and cuddly with all Mario's favourite characters, beneath the surface is a metal hardcore game. (laughs) (laughs) I unlocked... So when we're all hanging out, we played a little bit of like the, the, the quick games, and then we got four of us and we were doing the tournaments. Yeah. Uh, the first set of tournaments, which are called normal mode, uh, I would call like baby mode. Like they are not difficult whatsoever. Sometimes the opponents won't even like tackle you. Um, they still do all right on like scoring. So if they've got the ball, you've got to get it back or they kind of will score, but they kind of don't get it, get it off of you unless you make a mistake and give it to them. Uh it unlocks then galactic mode when you clear all of the normal mode tournaments. And that is just like, just cranked up to 11 in the difficulty. Is this I the final difficulty on the tiers? I th- I think so. From what I can tell, there's only normal and galactic. Okay. Um, but it's like they kind of go like, oh, normal is for like kids. And galactic is for pros who are ready to take on the toughest of the tough, the meanest of the mean. We want to see the best of the best with perfect arcade-esque reaction times. It is insanity level at times. And this weekend, my partner and I banged our head against the wall on one of the tournaments, just again and again and again, and we couldn't even get, like, one win on the board. And we burnt through all of the coins trying to, because you have gear to upgrade the characters. And I even went so far as to go online. It was like I was playing Elden Ring. I went online to find a team build and what gear they should have to play in the galactic tournaments. But it does because he's, this is why I'm insulted, is because that doesn't matter. Because we played the easy baby mode, but... There are still moments where it's just the game is like, nah. Like, sometimes it's to your advantage. But there were so many times we have the same goalie and you can't control the goalie. And you said that this is, like, so much worse in the harder mode. But it's As far as I can tell, they don't get any better, the goalie. Whereas the opponent's goalie is much harder to score against. Yours is still the same level to score against. So he just, like, today we had the goalie, the ball went behind him and instead of turning around and picking it up, he, like, backtracked and pushed it through with his butt, like an own goal. <laughs> yeah, and I'm convinced that that goalie, that boom boom, boom, boom. is has been paid off. I'm convinced of it. Well, it's definitely spot fixing. Like, he's going, yeah, I'll get you a third goal in the in the sixth minute. Um all you got to do is pay me a couple of shrooms and 100 gold coins. <laughs> uh, but it is wild. We finally cracked it. We've, oh, we you got did? Like, nice. We did break through because we we got the right gear. But then this was the other thing. that So you spend all your money on the gear. And then if you can't beat the galactic tournaments, you have to grind for coins. A standard yeah. match will net you 
10 coins. You need 100 coins for one piece of gear for one character. And there are, uh, I believe there are eight characters. So you're giving this game the uh, no time to grind stamp? This is the thing. There is no time to grind this. It's like it's supposed to be Mario soccer. We're supposed to be having a good time. We're supposed to be moving forward. I do want the challenge. We got to the point where the last match of the tournament was hard, and we both agreed that that is, like, manageable. You can understand that they go, this is it. This is how you win it. But it's like a it's it's like a real dice roll because they randomize the teams every time you play the tournament. And in this one that we got stuck in, there is a team made of only Toads and Yoshis. <laughs> and for some reason, their their ability is like off the charts. And so if you got them first up in the first bracket, that's where you're stopping. So we finally started getting some runs where we'd sort of go up against them later. So that was the thing. There were, because there was no build into the difficulty yeah you're like i'm not getting any better i'm not learning because i can't even touch the ball these guys are like gods it's like on a string for the toad (laughs) and yoshi club they they make you look like babies they make you look like fools as they pass it above your head there is nothing you can do because there's perfect passing and if if you pull off a perfect pass it can't be intercepted and all of their passes are perfect passes so then you have to play dirty and just smack the crap out of them because you can hit people who don't have the ball and it is a legit strategy but if you do it they get awarded an item so you're kind of punished for playing too aggressively meaning that we had like no adjustment to learning finally we got some different teams in that first couple of brackets and we were scraping through on like maybe a three goals to two and we go okay i'm getting better and so then finally end of the afternoon today we built up enough skill we sort of know what they're trying to do we've finally got the right gear we beat the tournament a thousand coins oh and you can replay matches if so you have hearts if you lose both your hearts they offer you they go like first up 100 coins to replay this match and if it's the last one you go like hell yeah 100 coins let's do it because i'm about to win a thousand if you fail they go okay 200 coins do not chase your losses (laughs) <laughs> I, I got so I got so mad. I dropped eight hundred coins. Oh wow! Jeez. On a final on that final match because I wanted to win that tournament and I still lost. And then they're like, "You're out of coins, and you can't get them back because I'm not going to play that many single matches. It's insane." So anyway, that's Mario Strikers. It's a fun game. It just is also maddening. And you're like, Mario, how have you done this to me? How have you taken the the anger I feel in like the world eight of Super Mario Bros. and you put that feeling into a soccer game? Well, that's that's yeah, that's a little brutal because yeah, you're right. It should just be a casual, fun, play some soccer games and have a little bit of difficulty, but really, you should just make it through breezy. Well, I don't. My, I'm happy that they have a harder difficulty because that's I feel like a problem with replayability with specifically Nintendo games. It's like Breath of the Wild was so good because it had uh, harder mode, um, but to have it that they just pass perfectly and you just have to deal with that. That's 
That's not difficult. That's impossible. It's like input reading. It's like, well, I can't beat the game being like frame perfect. Oh, and they 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 really are. So if you so you can do those slide tackles, right? Mm. Uh, so they will hold down, and you can see the arrow build up to full max. And so when yep. it hits full max, uh, I like I'm getting ready to dodge. And so I think they've gone and I dodge, uh, but they haven't. What they're doing is they are waiting for you to fire to your dodge. dodge and then they hit you because it has a cooldown and you can't immediately dodge again. And it's like it's... But then when you try and slide tackle them, as soon as you release, as soon as you initiate, because they are a computer, they immediately dodge you and, like, are untouchable. Like, it's that it was like I was... I was trying to beat like a computer in its most pure computer form of just going input output. Yeah. Whatever I did, it immediately reacted. There was no margin of error. And it's like. So, are you trying to say that Mario Strikers is actually harder than Elden Ring? Because in Elden Ring, there's only a few bosses. It's the Dark Souls. It's the Dark Souls of Mario games. It's definitely the Dark Souls of Mario sports games. Because I was saying, like, <laughs> Nintendo sports game, like, Wii Sports, the OG, did have a dark side if you went to, the, like, the hardest difficulty. It was hard. And I'm pretty sure the guy's name is Matt, and I think he's bold. Um, and he's, like, just insane. Uh, but to have Mario do that to you, that's cold. <laughs> it's, it's good fun, though. I've I've definitely got my money's worth. They made me. They've made me play a lot of it. <laughs> well, on the other That's end of the show. spectrum, I've been trying something that I thought would be very difficult, but I'm finding it a l- little easier than I thought and very fun, which threw me off. But and I think Michael, you should give it a crack because I think you would like it. I've been playing Team Fight Tactics. You mentioned this on the weekend. It is, so let me get this right. It's League of Legends, but kind of Hearthstone. Yeah, so it's like it's more like Hearthstone. No, it's not even a, like it's, it's like League it's Legend. like a chess, but uh, automatic. Yeah. you might say it's an auto chess. Yeah, um, it's it's League of Legends themed. So like you play their champions as as cards, sort of. Um, and then you have like their items that you put on the the players. So like that's as far as the lol part of it goes. Um, but then the gameplay is really interesting and dynamic um, where you have this shop of characters down the bottom. It's five and you generate gold slowly throughout the game. Um, and you can pick characters that you want to create the team that you're aiming for. So I'm really, really like mages and astral um, characters. So all the, every character has a different, tra- like a few different traits. So like mage, bruiser, and then like dragon mancer or something. And then you get set bonuses for collecting more of players of the uh, characters of the same trait. So if you get three mages, everyone's, everyone's power goes up by like 50%. If you get six mages, it goes up by a hundred percent and there's different, basically different little tags and classes for each set. And then you just have a little hex board that you place them on and the game just like every 30 seconds or so you fight someone and then it lets you plan and then you you like you buy stuff 
and you refresh your shop and that costs a little bit more gold and you got to manage the balance of your gold versus leveling up so you can put more characters into play. It's it's pretty intuitive. Like I only watched someone play it like two matches and I was like, okay, I think I get the vibe. But um, I like it more than card games like Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering and stuff because there's just like so many mechanics in that. And like I sort of like the not having to think about combat. Like I just plan the best I can. Like you're not doing the fight. No. You're planning the fight. Yeah, so it's automatic chess. It's like chess if you've got to choose where the pieces go and then they they just fight and you don't have to do anything. When, when, yeah, when the queen is taking bishop, um, you then watch it play out and you're like, yes, dance, little puppet. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and I've played, I played a bunch of just casuals first to get the feel of it. Um, and I, yeah, I found, uh, some builds for, for a mage and astral like crossover. Uh, and then I was encouraged to play some rank by my girlfriend and, um, I'm like smashing it. Like it's not ranked like smite. We get it. You're good. (laughs) Yeah, I am. So she's played this a bunch in the past and we were popping it open to have her play it nowadays and I'm already a better rank than her. So... I'm a genius. But it's one of those ones where you start a bronze and you work your way up rather than being placed somewhere and then swinging back and forth. Right. So Which I think is kind of good. I like it better because um, Magic the Gathering does it as well. It's like, and it does have that like safety net, like bronze. I think it's was it, iron first and then bronze. I don't think you slip down. <laughs> and you're versing like you're in a group of eight people that you're slowly cycling through fighting everyone amongst fighting some NPCs for items and stuff. Anyway, How long is a match? It can go a while. Like it like 30 minutes roughly if you go to like the last two or three. If you're knocked out early, it's it's early. It, you know, long-time viewers of this audio format <laughs> may realize that we did uh unanimously give Smite uh a 10 out of 10 uh make time to grind however uh the matches of conquest go on too long so we had to redact that statement we deleted the episode this is a joke by the way i'm being a bit dry (laughs) i mean it's not remember doing no such thing yeah (laughs) i mean we did we how do we feel about the like the base like the lol moba mode i i can't recall but it's too much clicking. I'm not playing Age of Empires. If I could, like, that's why it's like Smite is number one, Pokemon Unite is number two, and then Dota and LOL are tied for number three because I'm, yeah, I'm not playing Age of Empires. I don't want to click. If I wanted to click, I'd be doing my job at it on Excel. Like, it is a genre West. that hasn't had a lot of innovation. Like, really, Smite and Paragon and Pokemon Unite have done the most to, like, mix up the formula i'd say smite's probably the most successful in doing that oh yeah um but there's another one coming out soon predecessor or something it's it's like similar like third person it's like wait you're telling me predecessor came out afterwards (laughs) good one um but i think they're like using assets from paragon or something that because they can because they i don't know but that'll be interesting um this, yeah, matches are probably about as long, if not longer, than Smite. Smite games, Oof. they just made a bunch of changes to Smite. I haven't played in a few weeks, but they basically, 
made the time to kill longer. They basically just gave everyone 40% more health or something. So now it's supposed to help like getting ganked and, and messed up early so you don't get destroyed as easily. They increase tower damage and stuff, but I still... Uh, I mean, I haven't played. It didn't feel quite as good because I don't. I wasn't killing people as fast, and I. But I felt like I was still dying as quickly as I was before. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it's yeah. Matches are like roughly thirty minutes. I'd say if you're doing good. Um, the only thing, Matt, if you don't like clicking, you do have to do a little bit of clicking because items will drop on like the board, and then you're you have a little avatar that like rolls out and picks it up. Um, but oh, it's not- screw that. Watch me get Grandmaster without building anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. It's a really tactical game. I'd like to play it with you sometime, Michael. I, I, I get the where where on XCOM is it like? Could you is it comparable to XCOM? Because that'll get Michael in. That'll uh, get Michael. Ima- in imagine if Hearthstone and XCOM had a baby. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like Midnight Suns. Uh, uh, is Midnight Suns like card based mid- or like it character? Is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Maybe actually, it is. It is yeah. yeah, maybe it is. But I'm imagining a different board. But uh, I, f- I feel like uh, it's like a just TFT a- is closer. Uh, Midnight Suns is like, oh yeah, that's that's XCOM's child. Whereas TFT is like, oh that's that's the. That's the card game child. We, th- we, we think that Hearthstone had an affair with chess. Um, it's not an actual card game, obviously. Like, I'm just, a, it, it feels like that where, like, you have effective, it's a store that everyone sort of has access to. Um, then you cycle through all the characters, and as you level up, you get better access to better characters. Um, but it has the thing, it feels like you have a hand and you can play characters and stuff. Um, yeah, I didn't think it's something I would enjoy but i'm really loving it and uh i would like to get a good rank (laughs) i'm surprised you even downloaded uh league of legends after we tried it i think i still had it downloaded just need an update it's i think it's actually quite a small game yeah and tft can be played on mobile and stuff so it's it's got that convenience factor for a busy gamer I'm trying to find what episode number no uh, League of Legends was. It's a, uh, it's a ten. So it's it's like episode 70, eighty. Eighty, yeah. Yes, episode eighty. So make sure to go back and listen to that. We didn't talk about TFT. Has nothing to do. Has nothing to do with it. <laughs> we talk about Aram and the other one. What do they call it? It's what do they call their conquest mode? I forget. Uh, yeah, I forget. I mean, I know the map is called Summoner's Rift, but I I forgot. I left my brain. Um, <laughs> Michael, do you want to play sometime, please? Yeah, I'll play some Teamfight Tactics with you. Yeah! <laughs> I like the way you said that, like this was an ad read. <laughs> <laughs> Man, can you imagine if we got that? Can you imagine if... Rage I don't think they like, I don't yeah. think they would. It, like the close... Oh, no. we, raid Shadow Legends is all we can get, I imagine. Like, maybe. I, I could go do an ad for Raid Shadow Legends right now if I wanted to. I've got connections. Oh, <laughs> They're not good connections, but I've got connections. He's got Shadow Legends. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing that Adrian has played, the other game that Adrian has played, I don't know if we talked. Did we talk about it? Because I feel like we were playing it this time last month. Possibly was, a, li- a little bit, but we've we've gone deeper. Yeah, we've gone really deep into Grand Theft Auto. We've 
online, GTA Five online yeah, Grand specifically, Theft. which is just Grand Theft Auto online because they, I reckon, they're really. It's it's the same as Red Dead Online, where they're like, you don't need to buy GTA Five; you can just buy GTA Online. Yeah. Um, but Has there been any talk of GTA Online evolving, like with GTA Six? Nope, not that I'm no. aware of. There's there there has been zero transparency because they have very much. They have, like you're saying, they have very much pushed it now as this is a standalone thing. This is not GTA 5 online. This is GTA online. So that makes me feel like we could in the future get like an expansion pass for online where they go, welcome to six might be back to Vice City, the rumors are. So they go, welcome to Vice City. Grab yourself the the GTA online Vice City expansion. Ooh, that'd be good. The way that they, it would be good, but the way that they treat GTA online and Red Dead online, I find it hard to believe that they'll ever make a uh, Red Dead 3 or GTA 6, honestly. Well, haven't they confirmed GTA 6 at this point? I think they did, actually, quite recently. They, like, did a solid confirm. But it just the way that they treat us. They treat us so poor, like cattle in the ranch that you can't actually do cowboy stuff in Red Dead Online, which annoys me. This is the question, though. Whose fault is it? to to stay on one project. So if we take, we can either take Grand Theft Auto have been sitting on GTA 5. It's now been on three generations of console and it's been running the same online as it were for all that time with updates. So they're still putting out stuff into that. But the one game has existed for over 10 years, I think, or 10 years thereabouts. Yeah, it's pretty close. The same can be said for Skyrim, which is 11 years old. And it just and they're only now Bethesda are like oh by the way Starfield, oh Elder Scrolls Six maybe in twenty twenty four, like whose fault is that? Is that is it a fault? The publisher. Well, yeah, it depends on how you're looking at it because the thing is, compared to Skyrim, Red Dead has uh, yeah, well, yes, compared to Skyrim, Red Dead also has a lot more updates, but GTA has. So much more updates than I would say Skyrim has. Uh, and it's kind of... How do, how do I propose this? Um, but surely with the amount of money that they have generated from GTA Online, you could have two whole teams. One dedicated to bringing new content to the online one dedicated to the next game. They, do, I would assume they do. Yeah, it, that's they probably have that. But the team for like adding new content, time is suggests otherwise. Tiny. Time suggests that they've been in a pre-production phase for a long time. Yeah. That sounds right though, because like that's how they like that's how both Bethesda and uh, Rockstar make these like. Like, Red Dead 2 took so long. It had a long pre-production. And I assume they're, like, really delving into building the world. Like, GTA 5 on release felt like such an incredible open world. Like, they have to top that. So, I I can imagine them taking the time, you know? I mean, I I reckon the way to top that is to actually have a look at Death Stranding slash Dark Souls, where when you were in the single player but connected to the internet... um, 
it turns into that kind of um, like when in Dark Souls you can see people's ghosts running around. So basically, passive mode for G- for online, but you're playing the single player story, and so that's more connected and integrated. And I feel like that's a very feel good thing. But whether or not that's the direction they take, because so like Bethesda have done Fallout Four. And then they've done ESO. I don't know how much you can really say Bethesda did ESO because I'm pretty sure that was technically like someone else. Yeah, so it was it's Zenimax, which yeah. is but that's the parent company. So technically, and that's Zenimax. what I mean by kind of maybe publishes the wrong word, but someone above is kind of gatekeeping the development of the next game. But I don't. I because think you're looking at it the wrong way. I don't think anyone's gatekeeping it. I think. I think. I think the. You're right, like upper management's going, look, we have a good thing going. Like people love Skyrim. Let's release it again with uh, with ray tracing. GTA 5, similarly, but at least they have an online f- like service where it's like, okay, we're, we're pumping content into this online service. We don't need to rush to make the next one because like... I'd and rather than take they, the time and make feel something good. That there's no need to rush, and they're going to take it all their time. Think of the cash flow, though. Yeah. There's a big difference between one person buying a $60 Skyrim. Like, if even if they bought it for every single console, and that's your whale for Skyrim, compared to a whale with GTA Online or Red Dead Online buying gold and shark cards and... So... Like... <laughs> GTA Online has earned $6 billion. Yeah. And it's still so janky as well. Oh, it's so bad. I have never played a game with such obvious and so many hackers. Every lobby, unless you and like two other people are in the lobby, if you just randomly join a normal lobby with like a dozen people, someone is hacking. And I hate the culture around it because they're like, oh, I'm a modder. No, you're hacking. Don't be a little shit. And I hate that they're, like, they're using it for, like, they, so they say, like, racist and, oh. like, really, you know, xenophobic, homophobic. Uh, what's what's the fancy word for? Uh, bigoted. Yeah, they're just bigoted. They're anti-religion and all of that. But it's it's old. Like they they reference. I'm not going to open it up fully, but they reference big uh, news thing events that were tied to racism years ago. Oh, years yeah, ago, yeah. and I'm like, why are you bring like it's? I don't think you're racist because you're bringing up old stuff. A racist, a real racist would have new material. You are a sad little man that needs attention. Yeah, there's one that like. I it's it was a cynical route. Yeah, so that I found out just the other day that that name that username is a YouTuber's username. So these hackers are able to spoof their username. But this person will come in routinely, like I swear, the same time every night, and just somehow, and that's why I think it is one person. It's but. it's got to be a bot or something, and it will message everyone on the server. Very bad stuff. And I think even, like, disconnect people. Like, the amount of times I've just been running around and then just explosions start going off at my feet for no reason. Yeah. And I'm like, 
like oh i'm in the yeah i'm in the middle of a heist or doing prep for something like driving to like i've spent 10 minutes driving somewhere and then and then boom and then you died oh, it's just and just uh how did that six billion and they can't like fix that up but also just the game jank as well and like for example there is uh do the key card at the same time as your partner in the heist, right? And one heist, Caparico, you have to left click. But then in the casino, you have to hit enter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's like multiple, like different people developed it, but didn't look at what came before. <sighs> and then I was, I like how this actually just turned into a complaint session for us to vent about this oh, game. <laughs> it's so, it's so therapeutic. I need it. Uh, yeah. Do, do you reckon I should tell my helicopter story or nah? Do you reckon this isn't the place for it? Which which helicopter story? The one that I blew up. Go on. So, I did a mission. The latest, one of the latest DLCs with the Dr. Dre. Uh, and the person who made the mission has not played Grand Theft Auto. Um, Michael, you you played Grand Theft Auto albeit a while ago, Um, in any of the Grand Theft Autos, if you're in a helicopter and it explodes, uh, which direction does the helicopter fall to? Down? (laughs) Yeah, so in this mission, you're supposed to blow up the helicopter. You blow it up, the rotors are gone, and it proceeds to continue moving through the air for four kilometres. And you're just chasing this ball of fire. Is it and it's, like it meteors its way across the sky? But not at meteor speed, at helicopter speed. <laughs> is that just a glitch? Like, is it no, supposed to be like scripted. on fire? It lands in a scripted spot. Trying to fly? No, it's just... Falling you, for four It counts. wants you to blow it up, but it doesn't think you can. I, I guess that's what it is. I think I, I figure it assumes you wouldn't be able to blow it up, but I blow it up. I don't know. It's stupid. These people haven't played the game. That's the thing. That's I think that's the thing, is it really feels like specifically Rockstar doesn't play their own games. Look, and I get I'm that saying. you shouldn't get high on your own supply and you don't shit where you eat. It but- took them five years and $265 million to make G- GTA Five, They've now had nearly 10 years and they've got $6 billion to play with and I just feel like I feel like someone is in the way. Yeah, but like that. But I'm saying I think it's so. I heard ages ago that if you apply for EB Games, which is like GameStop, um, it used to be a negative if you said you play games because they didn't want gamers; they want salespeople. And I feel like that's what's happened at like at Rockstar. They're like no one on the team plays and enjoys Red Dead Online or talks to people that do <laughs> because if they did, they'd be like, oh, this is a problem, guys. There's people in clown makeup. No, they don't know because they're just oblivious. I guess it gives yeah. people... So someone who made that helicopter mission, if they're working for GTA Online, I guess it's one of the few places in the industry that is probably like very steady work. Yeah. To work on a game that's been running for 10 years online, if you're a part of that team, you're probably very happy that you don't yeah. have to like 
get signed to a contract to make a game for X amount of years that involves X amount of crunch to make sure there's a deadline. Like, and maybe, so maybe staff like games as a service, like longevity games, maybe. And so maybe getting the right team together to make a big game, maybe they're more particular and maybe staff don't want to do it. You know, if they're like, hey, do you want to sign on for this? But we're not starting until this date. Uh, and then you'll be a contractor. So if things go bad, you might be out of a job. Like, so maybe the industry doesn't like... Because how, how many big AAA games really come out anymore? Like, I feel like sequels, you really now wait. But back in the day, like on PS2... You know, you'd be like Ratchet and Clank one. A year to two years later, here's Ratchet and Clank two. A year to two years later, here's Ratchet and Clank three. Like sequels were were done like like TV seasons, whereas now they're more like it's almost like every time there's a sequel, it's almost like a reboot. It's like, hey, you remember this from ten years ago? Well, here's part two, and you're like, whoa! It's like James Cameron making Avatar. <laughs> I wonder how much crunch there is in the in the gas office. Because is that what? Also, we need to bring back more games like uh, Majora's Mask. Uh, there's more, but I just can't think of where you just just reuse assets. Like that's fine. I'm not like it's smart to me. Like, why wouldn't you if you've got a, a tree? Time. Why don't you just make it use a tree? Well, apparently, uh, so Assassin's Creed, very well known for pumping out a lot of games. Uh, I, I heard that when they sort of took that break to go into Origins, if you then notice, they then kind of went Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, kind of backed quickly again. And I heard that they use a lot of like procedurally generated environments yeah that they then tweak yeah so so those kinds of games it probably are reusing a lot of assets origins and odyssey also did share a lot of assets and code base i'm pretty sure yeah like i think they shared i don't know if it was was probably an engine but i think they shared a lot of back and forth because i think they were developed simultaneously Uh, but game development is just different than 20 years ago like the way you make but if naughty dog wanted to if if Naughty Dog was so story focused, then they could be halfway done with The Last of Us Part Three because they've yeah. got the majority of the assets. Well, no, because they got to re remaster the first one again, and then sell you the second one again, and like, and then yeah. Oh. How do we feel about this? How do we feel about The Last of Us Part One? Like re- the remaster, uh, the I- remaster of the remaster. I don't think it needs a remaster. We're not that far away from it. Yeah. But this is what's happening. I think, like, Skyrim is partially to blame. In the words of Todd Howard, we'd stop making it if you stopped buying it, which to me feels very like Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. Like, Unless what I've said is true, and they were like, we have all these high-quality Last of Us uh, assets we could totally just remake The Last of Us Part 1. Haha. <laughs> Wait, what? Maybe I, that's what happened. I think... Do you think it'll sell well? 
Of course. I think it'll sell it okay. I ain't buying like, it. Are you buying it? No. No, but, but there the thing are is... huge fans <laughs> who love it and will. There's someone who's bought every version of Skyrim each generation. Matt? Mm, yeah, I think I technically have. It's like because because it's like because they are good games, and of course we'd like them to look better, but at the same time, we're buying it because you're not offering us something else. If you said, "Here's Last of Us Part Three, and we remastered Part One," watch how the sales in that circumstance would be smaller on Part One. It's because you're withholding. It's because you're gatekeeping new content that fans, of course, will consume. Like yeah. the content they already love. It just looks nicer. Yeah, it's, it's milking. It's like, yeah, I, I go back to my favorite restaurants. So here's the question. Then. Oh. <laughs> should they, should they instead, of, instead of just remastering it, right, should they do what people think Final Fantasy VII Remake is doing and twist the story? So like a director's mm. cut of... Actually, like that would be, that'd be cool, director's cut. Seeing as I give it very cinematic. But, like, what if Last of Us 1, um, like, things are slightly different as you go through, but then as you get towards the end, the whole ending's different. I feel like that would be good for other games, but not The Last of Us. Yeah. Because The Last of Us is telling a specific story. You could potentially um, merge them. Yeah, I was thinking that, like, maybe you could add... So, I'm just going to... We're just going to... I'm going to spoil Last of Us Part 2, if everyone's okay with that. They listened um, to the episode. Yeah, go listen to the episode and come back. <laughs> go play the game and come back. Um, but you could... So, obviously, I think it's a given that they're going to change um, the random doctor at the end and make him specifically Abby's dad. Uh, but they could add in, like, little... Abby segments, like yeah, maybe not segments, than segments but yeah, continuous. Well, I mean, in my opinion, they should re-release The Last of Us Part Two and make it so that a new player doesn't know what plays as Abby first, doesn't know any bad things she's done, then plays Ellie, and then find out what bad stuff happened, and then you've got yourself an actually interesting narrative there. That's true. It's a hard. Like, thinking back on it, is it as simple as that, a lot of the dislike I have for Abby? That it's like, you you showed me bad, you showed me someone's bad actions and then tried to justify them re- retroactively for a person yeah. I have no relationship with. If you actually yeah. lead with her being who she really is, which is like a good person, a caring person, someone who wants the human race to survive and her family works for that, and then she gets driven to doing a terrible thing, maybe there would have been less hate for her. But it's like, but straight out of the gates, you think she's terrible. And it's like, you can't redeem backwards. And it's like... That's a challenge they set themselves, it seems. uh, I think that fundamentally... Joel is a bad person and probably did deserve what happened. But it's like, you can't tell it like that. You think if you watch te- uh, Pulp Fiction in chronological order, it's going to be an interesting movie? No, it's going to be boring because it already is. <laughs> we, know that, we know that Joel's not a, Joel is not a great person. We know that. But yeah. he is a... 
he's trying at the end, I feel, that he's trying to be just and and they are just trying to be uh, utilitarian. They're going like, they're going, it is worth, like, we need to kill her to save everyone else. And Joel's thing is like, but you haven't even told her that that is the case. So that is fundamentally wrong. But then he like, never if told If you are her. not willing to tell her, then you know what you're doing is very great, is very dubious. Though I didn't like that. I didn't think you should, like, when you go into the operating theatre at the end of one, it, like, everybody just kind of, like, they, like, they hold a scalpel at you, but, like, I shot him in the leg thinking it would, like, sort of take him down. It just <laughs> kills him instantly. I think that is where they went wrong. Joel wouldn't need to kill them to take her. He could just, like, incapacitate them and leave. He doesn't have to murder them to take her away. Well, I think they were trying to say he was like, you know, emotional because yeah, he's like he's like snapped by this point. Yeah. That, that, that like, no matter what anyone thinks of those two games, they're they're very good like games to talk about game design and story design in a game and like how to like how to tell a story in this real still relatively new medium, right? It's true because it's like they are so cinematic and so story driven that in those moments you as the player lose all your agency, which yeah. can actually be, which can feel really bad. So I didn't enjoy that, how I couldn't after having a lot of fights and, you know, when you're, when you encounter enemies I feel like it's quite open. You can you can go guns blazing, you can go stealthy, like you're given a lot of agency of like how do you get through this? And then at the end they're like, No, there is no way through this. The story needs you to kill them. Yeah, that's true. There was another so game like, that I played that was similar where it's like Um the way you're portraying Oh, Red Dead. That was the one. Where I'm like, the way you're portraying my character is not the one I am trying to play. So yeah, there can be a big disconnect if you haven't. Like it obviously takes a lot of playtesting to allow you to have like so morality in games rarely works well. I would say yeah. though, <clears throat> Last of Us does it better because you're not making in the game in the parts parts you are playing. You're not really making big moral decisions, whereas like something like Red Dead they. They kind of check in and go, what do you think this character is? How do you think this character's morality is? Whereas Last of Us, the only game you're playing is the shooties. And but maybe that's the problem with part two. Because everyone's morality to me became very questionable. I was less on board with actually playing their sequences. Like I wasn't enjoying who Ellie was becoming. I didn't like Abby as a person, and now you're. And now I have to beat them. It was weird being a protagonist that you don't like. Yeah, it's like I don't care if they succeed or not, but the game requires me to succeed it. Whereas at least in Red Dead, the way I was playing obviously fit the narrative, so it, it moved along smoothly. It wasn't jarring. Yeah, I think we still have a, a, a bit of a way to go, but la- like things like Red Dead and Last of Us are a good like stopping point to go. All right, now how do we, like do we think we're doing a good job of 
storytelling in games. I played a uh, like I guess it's so this for my birthday I got the Forgotten City, um, which is it originally started life as a Skyrim mod uh, that was super popular. And it's actually an Australian team and uh, based out of Victoria, I believe. And they were like, oh, we can make this like a full game. Uh, and it is like a talk em up. <laughs> oh. It's sort of like it's a... Talking it's sim? A, kind of. It's like a, a, a conversation puzzle deduction game. What was the not like a dating? Scene. Was it Quant- Quantic Loop? What was the one uh, with the robots where you just talk to people and it is sort of a puzzle game? Oh, the one, oh, the one we played. Yeah, we played uh, it, and then it had a sequel. I can't remember what the sequel called. Yeah, I guess kind oh. of that, but there's more like traversal, and there is like yeah. there are like world puzzles and stuff. But I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's you end up in this ancient Roman city where everybody has to live by the golden rule, which is that if anyone commits a sin, everybody dies. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's your job to figure out who is going like who is going to commit the sin. And you're told this from the beginning, that the, the guy who has like brought you there, he's like, I can create a time loop when everyone is like about to die. And then you can go back and... And so that it becomes like it becomes like Majora's Mask, where you, like the moon is coming to crash into the earth. Is this the one where it's top down? No, that's it's, a, that's it's a... literally like running around in Skyrim, but everything is Roman themed. It's, it right. seems like it has a lot of Outer Wilds vibes, perhaps. And the one yeah. you were talking about, Adrian, is subsurface circular. Thank yeah? you. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And the one you're and talking really... about was that cowboy one where you got to find the person who's going to kill someone. Is that the one you're thinking of, Matt? Uh, I don't think it's cowboy themed, no. Okay, then ignore me. I will. And that, like, has a... It has, like, some morals, but it's kind of like it is... It's almost like the de- the developers of it went with the Bethesda level of moral, of, like, good-bad. There is only good, There is only a good choice. There is only a bad choice. Which I feel like kind of works, but it was a fascinating. It was like it was a fascinating little game. Uh, Recommend. And it's like it uh, if you can get it cheap. Okay. Um, I think it because I think it does like on PS Five. I think it retails for sixty. I wouldn't. No offense to them. I wouldn't pay sixty. But if you can find it for like twenty bucks, it's worth twenty bucks, and I think that we should help like Aussie devs. Yeah. But it's a little bit steep at full price because. It has some replayability, but in one playthrough, I got most of the achievements because okay. I was making sure that like everything was kind of lining up. I was trying to get like the perfect. I was trying to get like the good ending. I was trying to help everyone because everybody has everybody has quests and everybody has problems and like they clash and there's clever ways to do multiple in a sing- in like a single loop and that kind of thing. I'm not sure if you guys would like like it very much. I'm intrigued. I'll, I, if I can find it cheap, I'd give it. I'll a let you borrow it actually, because I got it on disc. So I'll let you borrow it. Sweet. That's the simplest way. And but like, 
Yeah, it it has it's got morality, but it's morality on a higher sense. Like you have a lot of conversations about like with characters going like, well, what is a sin? Why is that a sin? Uh, what if I do this? Is this against the rules? And people going, no, I don't think that is against the rules. Like there's a guy who's like a shady market dealer who he has things for sale that are very expensive that no one in town can afford, but they could never steal it from him or threaten him to lower the prices because that would break the rules. But him somehow price gouging is within the rules. And it's like, so that's kind of fascinating, like morality Posing the question. Yeah, but it's only it's only kind of in the story there isn't a lot of agency around the morality. If you do something though, if you do something bad, everyone dies and you have to run for your life. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, uh, sounds intriguing. It was a good. I think I played it for like a week or so. It's not super long, but there's like a couple of multiple endings, and I like I like that sort of setting and that sort of thing. And I like, you know me, like I liked Gabriel Knight's Sins of the Father. I like these kinds of talking deduction games. Yeah, I like talking deduction games, but what Gabriel Knight did isn't that. <laughs> it's like, Look, it's not my fault that you couldn't find the one pixel large <laughs> snake scale that was left on the ground underneath the scarf that you had to combine with the beignet bought outside the police shop. That's not my fault if you couldn't figure that one out. So do you have to do that kind of uh, train of thinking with this game? No, it's all like... I did like it for that. It's sort of... I feel like it, it uh, rewarded you as a as a modern gamer for very, like, sound logic. And because you have, like... You, said you meet a guy who you can have a philosophical conversation with um, and the game, like rewards you for so if you go if you try and sort of like take a stance if you try and like die on a hill against him he kind of goes like ah you're not you're not having the conversation properly like this is not how we have a philosophical discussion like and you're supposed to like sort of challenge back and know when he's kind of got you beat and go okay well maybe maybe this and so like i felt like it was like it was all pretty sound Nothing was a big leap of logic to, of like, why why in the hell am I doing this? Like everything, if you can think of it, it probably is the thing you need to be doing. You might just have to do it in a slightly different way or make sure you're talking to the right person to get it done. The last bit of news I want to talk about briefly, we're approaching an hour now, but Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Uh, was announced and it's coming you get your pretty boy back. soon. Like you get your boy back. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for part two. I'm very curious. I think it's sort of out and about now that like they're clearly not just recreating the the game as it was on PS1. I thought they outright confirmed now at this point that it is like um, one of the characters pulled a doctor strange and witnessed the events of the of final fantasy 7 and went like whoa if we do that that's not good so we're gonna change the tempo no nothing i don't think it's been confirmed they're still pretty 
the trailer itself, I don't know if you watched it, but they're they're very much like I think they there was a lot of fan backlash to the fact that it wasn't effectively one for one story. So I think they're trying to preempt this time by being like the trailer's like things aren't always the same, you know. Life and friendships is, can mean different. Like they're like the, they're trying to work into the story. And then the part where Aerith softly says, "Move the fuck on." Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm still excited because like, at, at at worst, the gameplay is still very very fun. Um, but I'm super curious what they'll do with the story because like some of the images i'm seeing imply that like characters that are dead in the story when you start the first game are coming back and so it's like if so how like i don't know it's just a curious i don't know where i sit yet on the whole rejigging the story i'm i'm glad someone's doing it like i love the idea of going let's remake this game but not like people know it I just don't know if I like it for Final Fantasy VII because I really do like the story, but maybe it'll make it more mature and more palatable and a bit more suitable for a modern game. Like it's, it'll be a little less, little less fantasy, you know. Well, I didn't like Final Fantasy VII or any Final Fantasies that I had played up until I played the remake, and that got me so into the world that I was like, you know what, I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII so that I can continue the story. Um, and so I don't, I feel like it's, it's hard to say because it's like, it's actually such a large world in comparison to what you see in remake in the remake. You just see the city while you have like a whole continent to do. Um, but I would be fine with it in terms of. Like, I'm a big, yeah, multiverse fan, omniverse. I like that idea. So if it's like, you know, Final Fantasy VII happened and then this happened, like, that's... Yeah, I like that. Interesting to me. Like like what Star Trek did with the movies where they're like, oh, we like temporal reboot. Like, okay, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, and in canon the plot of one thing creates the second plot the reboot yeah days of future past i'm it's good i'm here for that if that's what they do and then we get like we can still sort of keep the original universe and stories but then we can also you know we get a universe where characters we really like aren't dead and stabbed in the back yeah <laughs> that's i'm i'm here for that is the crisis core remaster canon to the Final Fantasy 7 remake? Uh, As far as I'm aware, the Crisis Core remake is a one-for-one remake, but that's what we thought about the first one. Everything I saw seems like it's just a remake of Crisis Core, which also a very good game. Highly recommend. Uh, Like, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to get the the remake because I really like Crisis Core. Um... I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're, if like just the remake, like, okay, let's assume it is this separate universe that's informed by the first game's universe, right? I don't know if they're then going to try and make a 
like because Final Fantasy 7 obviously has a whole universe worth of there's movies great movies by the way we gotta watch it Matt um, like games you know that tell the whole story so I don't know if like the Crisis Core remake is gonna be a remake that they base it in this second multiverse or if they're just remaking the first one because that oh, what can I say without ruining too much the end of Crisis Core tells the story of an important plot point in 7 but if that moment's changing in 7 which it it seems like might be implied through trailers and, and stuff at the end of the first remake then the ending of Crisis Core is gotta be different so but crisis core remakes coming out before the seven the crisis core remake should be end of this year and i i think and then seven remake two is ne- end of next year so if if it is different we'll know does that make sense i think it would be and fascinating then we'll, we'll know is. why so and if it is that's just sort of what if it is just a straight remake then we'll be like, okay, well, it's a streaming. But if this if this does have a different ending, that implies they are sort of trying to set up some sort of second universe. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the safest thing to do is honestly just to do it twice. Like have a seek. So you play the game and you get the OG ending and. Um, for then crisis score it's like you you get yeah and then it's like new game plus question mark and then you do it and then it gives you the the new canon yeah yeah possibly i like i just really love crisis core because the ending of that game is one of like the most emotional experiences i've had playing a game so if they yes i've played halo ODST. <laughs> if they change it i don't like like the end, the ending of Remake Seven. I'm like, I don't mind too much. I'm just, again, just more curious what they're going for. But if they change into this of Crisis Core, I'm I, like, unless they can make it more impactful, I or, or or you know, as good as, I feel like it'll be let down. It's just it's such a great moment. So yeah, I'm very very curious. I'm looking forward to it in a in in a, in a curious way. So, yeah, I'm just saying that in in 2020, apparently it was confirmed that Crisis Core was still canon, even with remake. Yeah. So maybe it. Then, but that doesn't explain stuff that happened in Seven. Then, like, then, like they can't line up. If that makes sense. Well, maybe. Oh, I thought that I thought the twist with because we all played we all played remake, and yeah. unless it was tweaked for intergrade or the slight tweak that was added, um, wasn't the whole thing that the ending was different. But up until that point, it was kind of reimagining the original plot, but it's still the major story beats. Yes, but there were the the hooded figures that would sometimes sort of randomly attack and sort of cause some chaos. Those never moments never happened. Yeah, there was something, never someone happened. made a really good uh, observation. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was like something when it, when someone was in this universe, let's say, when something was about to happen that didn't happen, they sort of intervened. So there's a moment where like Cloud goes to attack Reno and kill him presumably 
and the thing like shows up and shoves him out of the way. Like so people like someone observed, observed like when things were about to diverge from yeah, their the, destiny. Yeah, right. That the, what was supposed to happen in the first game, these things show up to push them towards that. And I think that makes sense for then the end where we go and like kill whatever that like destiny, you know? Yeah. Um. I, do you guys care about spoilers? Can I? I mean, Matt probably already knows. Um, the audience can't reply, so well, I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, spoiler you warning yeah, for Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. So, in the original canon, Zack Fair dies, and that's in the first game. Like, you unveil that Zack helped Cloud get away, and then Zack died, and that you play that moment in Crisis Core. Fantastic, fantastic. Just the way they do it is so good. Um, but the ending of Seven and things in this trailer imply that he's alive. Well, the end of Seven doesn't imply he's alive. It shows that he's alive. Yes. Does um, it, though? Because I thought that was out of sync. Well, the th- so one of the things was people reckon it's a different universe because the dog that like they have as their mascot is different. Um, that I think Avalanche has is different in like something that shows up when Zack shows up. So that's why people are like multiverse. Cause like the destiny breaking thing is fine, but it doesn't make sense retroactively. Like for cloud to get to where he was to start remake seven remakes, Zach, Zach must, must have. have died already unless yeah. there's something else. Cause the whole thing is that like Zach dies like, next to cloud and cloud sort of absorbs his like memories and and some some, some stuff and, does he literally absorb it or i thought that cloud just went like i don't think mental. i don't think like his soul jumps out and jumps in but i think it's more like a this is final fantasy not Kingdom it's a Heart. bro <laughs> like a bro of, moment you know <laughs> bro love yeah true it's kind of like a deadly premonition in that he he has kind of both he takes on the parts of the other persona. Yeah. So, like, he remembers all these things about being in Soldier First Class that just didn't happen to Cloud, but did happen to Zack. Um, it's just, so, like, it's just really interesting. That's all. That's, it, like, I know I've said it, like, a bunch of times, but it, I'm just, I, I don't know if I like it or dislike it yet. I'm just really curious what's going to come for that for that game and I guess the whole remake series. And yeah, if right. Crisis Core Remake does have any differences, because that, like, we'll know, like, uh, we'll know, yeah. So this says that after players destroy the Whispering Harbinger in Final Fantasy VII Remake's final battles, the remake series no longer has to comply with the rigid plot beats established by the original game. A... The climactic battle sends a shockwave across space-time that alters an event five years in the past when Zack is killed by a legion of Shinra troops. So, Okay, where are you reading this? So this is on inverse.com. This is according to... They are saying that the devs have said this. The game's developers have confirmed that Zack definitely lives. It's just we wanted to have the last boss fight. So this is from Tetsuya Nomura. Yeah, we wanted to have the last boss fight take place at the highway in Midgar, which arises questions that I cannot answer. There is a character who's alive, which leads to a great mystery. 
and that reason is linked to a character who's alive. So maybe the plot will of the later stuff will be that it will the timeline will wanting to be like fixed or something. Wait, so did did Tetsuya's outright say Zack or are people interpolating that? Cuz so, like a lot of people die in in the I, previous moments. A translation of an unknown Square Enix developer from Ultimania reads in the remake, Zack remake zach defeats the shinra cadets and lives on which leads to an unforeseen development in order to make sure that the two clouds do not recognize each other's existence it is assumed that they should not exist in the same time and space wait what two clouds i i don't know i'm lost now i'll have to do a bit more research because like I obviously, I was like, well, Remake 2 is not up for a while. Let me just dust my hands and move on. So maybe I should go back and do a bit of research uh, on that. And we could talk about this for quite a while. We're already, this is quite <laughs> a long, hour, yeah. Um, yeah, this is quite the long episode, extra episode. There's, there's a lot of uh, uh, therapy, therapy in this one, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you for joining us for all of this therapy. We hope you got some things off your chest as well. If you want to let us know, just give us a a rating and you can let us know or contact us on Facebook or whichever way you can find us. But uh, thank you very much for listening. My name's been Adrian. I've been Matt. And I've been Michael. Rock on.